There we go. It's a Wednesday, my friends. Heading down to the office here. Going down from the high country. Wednesday the 21st, I believe. 22nd. Some shit. And uh, it's an overcast day. I don't think it's rainy. I think it's just a deep fog. Surface temperatures and the ambient are uh, playing games with each other this fall. It was pretty warm yesterday, especially towards the end of the day. Dog was panting again. We had some company over. My friend Hack and his wife. Hack is his last name. They came in to uh, pay a visit and also to pick up a chainsaw carving that I created. I put his name on a five foot tall cedar half log. I've been posting all over Facebook, so it was the first log carving that I've done. Log uh, name name log. Like, you know, last name is Smith. I take a tree trunk and I carve the letters Smith in there. So that there's a relief. In other words, the letters stick out, but the background kind of darken it, or in this case, I just cut it away. These letters are big enough, and Hack is a big enough dude, larger than life. I figured I could just do that, so he enjoyed it, and we enjoyed our stay. Basically sat around the kitchen table talking for about four hours, just telling stories, and went outside a few times, and finally towards the end of the day all our stories had run dry and we it was time for us to part ways and prior to for hack to hack showing up I was out there carving a shitload of pinekins and finished up his carving so it was I was pretty tired last night man holy shit So it was good to see Hack. I said in one of my previous podcasts, this dude, remember when I showed up to my unit, 1st Battalion, 6 Marines, there was Hack. He had been there for at least a year prior to us, came in with an earlier crew. And Hack was like, he was the size of a very large man, and I felt like we were a bunch of skinny boys. And uh, so under the tutelage and uh, under the fist of Hack, oftentimes... And people like him, we learned and we became strong. And I can remember talking to Hack in the quad, looking up at the barracks. I think he was the duty NCO, which basically means he's in charge of keeping the ba- barracks secure. Got his big green duty belt on. Got his cover all pressed nice and neat. And there's Hack standing out there. Looking up on the catwalk. Eyeballing some young Marines who were up to potentially no good. And talking to others. 
and I was talking to Hack, trying to get his attention, ask him a question about something. How you doing, Hack? And Hack just had his big fat dip in and his protruding jaw. He was very bulldogish. And there he was. That was 25 years ago, 30 years ago now. Standing in the quad, talking to Hack. Other than that, he was in third platoon and I was in second, so didn't interact all the time with Hack, but he was a pretty good guy back in the day. Definitely a good Marine. Definitely a crazy fucker. He's grown up a lot now. He kind of just very quietly tells stories and shows some pictures of the adventures that he, that he goes on, and I really appreciate that. He gave me a vial... Uh, two vials of gold nuggets that he unearthed himself in this process where he he takes a bag of pay dirt and sorts out the good from the bad. Now these said he explained, yeah, these rocks are magnetic, the black ones, so you can take a magnet and remove those, and then you gotta you know take the tweezers out and you see the little flecks of stone in there. You gotta painstaking like actually actually give me a little piece of rock all these little flecks in it and all these little gold flecks so then how would you separate that maybe you would crush that with a hammer in some way and then uh, maybe apply some heat and all that gold should melt out maybe I'll try that anyway he went prospecting a few times and he does his dirt sorting still and I think it's pretty interesting something that I've never done prospect for gold let's talk to his wife Shannon about cheer stuff and about the grandkids and about their travels and very interesting people he had a real nice truck I guess he assembles Ford F-150s so you got some sort of deal it's like a diesel F-150 purring like a kitten, heated seats, massage seats, all these crazy features inside this truck. It's very nice. So we talked for hours and had dinner together real quick and then sent him off. It was a good visit. Hack. You know, I was thinking like explaining to my wife, Mandy, as we were lying in bed last night, I said, she said, oh, that was a nice visit. And I said, yeah, you know, hack. And I, I was pondering about how one's last name, like in a military setting where everybody goes by their last name. Hey, hey, Smith, where's Smith at? Hey, Oberst is here. Hey, oh, I saw hack. Hack always had, like, because it's such a it was a one-syllable word, you know? Hack. It was like his, his full name was he went by. It was Hack. Who's, who's coming to the Marine Corps birthday this weekend? Okay, Barry's coming. Um, let's see. Grant will be there. Both Grants. Chara's coming. And Hack. Hack was just... It was, that, was, that was who he is. It, one word it describes... A simple word that com- that uh, describes a complex man. Very interesting. 
for some reason I've been having a lot of people come to visit me lately. I'm not saying it's something that I, it seems to my family that it is my doing that people are, are, um, are coming in. Yeah, of course, it's a pandemic. My 75-year-old father came down last week, spent the week with us. So I thought about how wise or unwise that was, given his potential health concerns. <clears throat> and all the on-again, off-again hysteria about the pandemic. But he came and we had a decent visit. <clears throat> and we survived. He survived. He's back home safe. And Hack just happened to be planning a trip to the East Coast to see some family and to pick up his carving and get a tattoo and see another friend. And here we are. The next week, I got another visitor coming. Somebody to stay with us. Somebody who we haven't spent a lot of time with. We barely know. Like I can say my father. I really don't. I Obviously I'm close-ish with my father. But he's a mysterious one. And then Hack. Who I haven't seen since Marine Corps birthday a couple years ago. Maybe three years ago at this point. And I love these people. I just I wonder what it is. How just by happenstance that people were... Uh, feeling comfortable taking these trips and coming to visit the little Dr. O, you know. Hey, I'm happy to have them, and I'm happy for them to leave when it's time, because we're so fucking busy, you know. We've got a lot of moving parts and a lot of things that we need to, it's a, it has, really has been a crazy year. I mean, we've had some some of our Oberst Donnelly elders have been in the hospital, various conditions, various degrees of success in treatment, and you know these are people who we looked up to and patted us on the head when we were growing up, and we were just little kids watching cartoons on Saturday, and here would be Uncle Such and Such coming over, and and to watch them struggle like my father. Mandy's uncle and struggle a little bit. Lives can change like that. Whether it's a health concern or a job issue or whatever, relationship thing. It's a pretty interesting world. But anyway, Ober's got a lot of stuff going on. <clears throat> Looking for some quiet hereafter. Not going to have any visitors respectfully to everybody. But ain't nobody coming around for a while. And it's strange because I'm the one that is getting all these visitors. Anyway, just wondered if there was something about that. Like, why is it that right now a lot of people want to come visit? All right, shifting gears here. This quote uh, I read, I thought it was really good. Marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Choose your heart. Obesity is hard. Being fit is hard. Choose your heart. Being in debt is hard. Being financially disciplined is hard. Choose your heart. Communication is hard. Not communicating is hard. Choose your heart. Life will never be easy. It will always be hard. But we can choose our heart. Pick wisely. It's so true, right? 
different types of hard. I'll let you interpret that yourself. It's floating around the internet right now. Some different ponderances that I, uh, well, pondered last night. I was thinking about my visit with Hack and my history as a United States Marine Infantryman, 0311 Rifleman, and my, my first profession. Uh, basically, I was a killer, you know, a warrior, a Marine, you know, it's, it's such a, a coveted job particularly my job as a Marine infantryman. I've explained this before, but basically, you're handling weapons, you're training to track down and kill, close with the enemy, destroy them by fire maneuver. You know, it's like a chess game of life and death. I was a professional soldier once. And that's why I've got some special relationships with the people that I served with because not everybody does that sort of thing. And I think about it sometimes, being the person that I am now, and I, I always was in some degree, I'm almost like I can't believe that that was my first job. You know, some people go to college and get a degree and go out to work, and that was their first job working for this particular company. Um... I went to chiropractic college later. I got out. I got my first job as a doctor of chiropractic. My first job, I was a warrior. A killer repurposed, I write. Amazing how the context changes and justifies some things. At the time, it was all about patriotism for me. I wanted to represent my company. I wanted to stand for her. I wanted to fight for her if need be. And to die for her if need be. Because I believe so strongly in this thing that we call America. Mostly but relative to the, the people in my life that I love that are important to me and our society that Seems so strong, but is also really fragile right now, especially, right? All this shit about the election. Interesting. Um, listen to my Daniel Schmachtenberger uh, virtual campfire series on what's called the STOA. The STOA is for sense makers that there's an actual title of sense maker. Various sense makers have have, uh, discerned that sense making. I'm big on that. Be a sense maker. You know, I try to be. Try to sort the wheat from the chaff, the good from the bad, the signal versus the noise. You know, that's one of my favorites. Another... um, phrase that they used on the Stoa with Daniel Schmachtenberger is uh, he said, what is alive for you right now? He's like, is, some, is that alive for you right now? To be, for something to be alive for you, what is it? Patriotism, 
family, your work, an idea, a notion, something that you're investigating, you've been pondering. How interesting is that? Then out of nowhere, I was thinking, I guess because I've been pondering my my parents and and their visit up to uh, upstate New York, my my visit up to pick my father up, and they reside there, still in the county of Delaware, Delaware County, New York, which is a beautiful community in the uh, Catskills, which seems so large growing up, but all those little towns, it's crazy. Now you go up there as a as a big boy, 45 years old, and you see that everything is in proximity. The little area, the mountain, mountainous area, and these various little towns. And there was this little town that we used to frequent all the time when I was young and growing up in the woods of upstate New York. We'd visit, building our little cabin up there, and visit every weekend two weeks in the summer. The town was called Shinopple. S-H-I-N Hopple. H-O-P-P-L-E. And this was a town you could reach after uh, maybe two or three serpentine uh, miles along the east branch of the Delaware River. There were various spots where you could pull off and fish or whatever. And there was a store. A retired cop ran this store. And you can go in there. You can get night crawlers for trout fishing. And you can get your beer and your basic food items. It's a great place for campers. And local residents. Like a, like a five and dime sort of thing. And we went in there. And Shinopple. Look it up. Shinopple, New York. It's a tiny little speck on the map. Maybe a couple farms. There used to be a, a fly fishing uh, shop right on the right on the river there. It's called um, Ed's. I think it was Ed's Fly Fishing Place. And it was a go in there and you got your rods and your reels and your your different fish hooks and such live bait, etc. The Shinopple General Store. I remember being a little boy, I didn't even have, I wasn't even of age yet. We would drive my parents' Jeep down the mountain and along the, the river there. 15 years of age, 14 years of age, driving a CJ7 up there in the mountains like I was a duly licensed driver. We'd pull in there and get groceries and even swindled them a couple times. And <clears throat> that retired cop wasn't too savvy, savvy enough to uh, deny us from adding a case of beer to the groceries, which we said was for my dad. So a lot of things coming in and out of my brain housing group. Nuggets of gold and precious little towns in upstate New York that have persisted for 
as long as I've been around since I learned about them. Friends coming on visits and family and patience and lack of patience. I got a bowl of oatmeal congealing next to me. I like it like that. I like when it hardens up a little bit. I eat it on the cool side. I got a nice strong cup of coffee. Got some laundry. I got a switchblade knife and a Macintosh apple. I got a friggin' pandemic face mask. And I got a long day ahead of me. But, you know how it goes. By about 10 a.m., I'll be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, cackling up a storm, telling jokes at Aldi Balance. And, uh, this is Wednesday. Oh, I got some leaves to blow. All right, my friends. Love and respect. I will talk to you later on.